Winter Olympics. Get cray cray in Norway. It's Amigos, episode 337. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Winter Olympics, mm. but not just any Winter Olympics. The 1994 Winter Olympics mm. in Lillehammer, yeah. Norway, the big one. The big Aaron, one. Do you now? You were you were sort of a you were a fully grown man when this Olympics rolled around. That's you true. were working stiff over at the IBM. That's true. That's true. That's all. What, I just started actually. What are your memories of the well, 94 Olympics? I have brutally tainted my memories because before the show, I looked up a bunch of Lilyhammer facts <laughs> to talk about. So I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, oh, my memories were vast, but, but I did watch them, you know. But I will say, you know, looking over the stats, and we might as well talk about it here at the opening of the show. It's kind of fun. So the uh, 94 Winter Olympics were unique in several ways, Boat. All right. It was the only Winter Olympics to take place two years after they just had a Winter Olympics. Mm. All right. Because that's when they switched to every other year. So uh, did they it, used to only have, did they used to do the summer and the Olympic, the summer and winter Olympics in the same year? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Forever. Forever and ever. Okay. So get this. Uh, Lillehammer is the most northerly city to ever host the Olympics. Kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now here's a wacky one. Uh, it's the only, it's the last Winter Olympic Games to be held in a large, in a town and not a city. So basically something under 25,000 people. Everything else has been held in way bigger towns. You know, I saw that we were, we were talking about the, um, the Winter Olympics on the old, um, uh, on the old discord yeah. and, and somebody was saying, you know, this it's time for the Olympics to come back to the smaller towns, to your yes. smaller towns. So absolutely. All right. If you were going to pick a town in West Virginia to hold the winter Olympics, where would you, where would you hold it? In West Virginia. Eh? Mm. Well, the thing is we've got nowhere that could hold it. It would have to be like, Morgan listen, if Lillehammer can do it, we can do it. Well, I mean, we're West Virginia, to, man. I would pick probably uh Canaan Valley. Mm. It's beautiful up there. Uh, and there's a lot of empty slopes. They're ready to go. They've already got an established ski area, you know, because what you do, there's only a few places that get enough snow where you can be sure you would, they would never hold it here because of that. But if I was, well, no, that's, that's a complete lie. West Virginia is one of the biggest skiing States in the country. Right. But I mean, we're not like, we don't, it's not like snowshoe always has snow, you know, and sometimes even in the winter doesn't have a ton of snow, but if we're dreaming this up, that would pick Canaan Valley. I think it's beautiful. But what about you? snowshoe definitely Snowshoe's have you been have you, have you been to snowshoe before i have i have okay i've been, I've been to both. they have a fully built like winter city there that looks like something out of like switzerland it's so cool i mean it's like a theme park okay and the reason why is because snowshoe there's a lot of people that have a lot of deep pockets that go yeah. over to snowshoe uh yeah. when you think when you think about the three big resorts you got winter place you got canaan valley and you got snowshoe I've yeah. been to all three. I'm none of them a winter can, place. I'll be honest. None of them can hold a candle to snowshoe in terms of the amount of slopes, the amount of craziness in terms of money you can spend. Uh, that's where I would hold it. Now, theoretically, or you know, if it were up to me, I'd probably head over to Ona. They've got some. They've got some nice slopes over oh, there. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're an idiot. They don't get. I, I can anybody. There's plenty of room for expansion. That was my because they could. That's build true. I yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about that. But they do have a lot of open space. They could build the uh, the uh, the super G or whatever. Now, now get this boat because we can't. I, I don't want to move off this topic before we get to the main event here. And the main event is this was the Olympics, and this is what it's famous for. It's this is the Olympics where Tanya Harding uh, hired hired a goon, hired goons to come up and hit Nancy Kerrigan with a club on the leg, on the ankle, to try to knock her out of medal contention, to clear the path for Tanya Harding. Uh, an all-time great wrestling angle, except it was real. Uh, it was actually quite, if you think about it, it's quite horrible to have goons come and try to cripple somebody. Uh, it's, I mean, But it's, it's a horrible thing to do. Now, and did was, one or both of them go on to actually appear on the WWE? Well, I, no, uh, you know, I, in the WWE, I'm not sure if Tanya Harding did, but Tanya Harding went on to actually have quite a career in being mm. just like a talking head. You see her right. everywhere back right. in, the, in, the, in the early 2000s. That's, that's why I was wondering shows. if maybe Vince got a hold of her and said, she hey. She also you know, boxed in one of those celebrity boxing gimmicks. Mm-hmm. You remember that? No, uh, but I'd love to see it. Also, the funny thing is, of course, the goons failed. Uh, because not only did uh, Nancy Kerrigan actually compete and get the silver medal, but Tanya Harding also competed, believe it or not, after the fact, <laughs> because she had like a lawsuit going, and I believe she finished eighth. Uh, she didn't do very well. She so probably had something. She probably had other things on her mind as she was competing. So get this: the uh, the broadcast of the women's skating final was the sixth highest rated program of any sort in U.S. history. Wow. So that storyline was over, big time over, uh, when it happened. Well, you know, so, it, it could be, it would be interesting to see because I think NBC paid something like four or five billion dollars for the rights to air this Olympics. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to see if maybe that Olympics was the first time when people saw, hey, lots of people are watching this thing. We could probably sell a lot of ads. And that might have started the whole thing. No way. That because the Olympics are always a big draw. Even when I was a kid, mm. they were always they were always tied in with big. I mean, but that was a huge. But people just wanted to see what would happen, you know, with that. And then mm-hmm. lastly, just because I I feel like we neglect actual sporting, but I didn't mention it. Uh, the uh, top medal winners that year were Norway in first, then Russia, Germany, Italy, and then the United States in fifth. That was rounding out the top five. So we did pretty good there for a Winter Olympic back in the day. Uh, but uh, yeah. An interesting one. I did catch some of those, uh, those particular. Olympics. I'm more of a summer Olympics guy myself, but uh, you know, well, you're I'll, more of I'll a summer partake. guy. You're more of a summer guy on the whole, right? There are winter Olympic events that I enjoy, you know. But well, we should probably summer. talk about that now. Tell, give me, give me your. What is your favorite winter Olympic event? Uh, I like the ski jump. You know, agony defeat. Right. Uh, I like that. Uh, I do like curling. That's one I'll watch, uh, just because it's it's. I think I may have a shot at it. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I like sometimes I'll watch figure skating, but you've got to look at figure skating. I look at figure skating a lot like uh, uh, pro wrestling. It's a it's a work, brother. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. It's all corrupt the, the, as it the, comes. The fix is in, mm-hmm. uh, and so. But I mean, still, sometimes you get some pretty crazy stuff that goes on there. Um, Really, aside from that, I'm trying. Oh, the, some of the bobsled stuff are, are fun, you know, the, and the and the and that sort of thing. Do you think uh, Cool Runnings is the greatest sports movie of all time? I've never seen Cool Runnings, so mm. no, I don't think that. Mm. I did see uh, Cutting Edge, which is about uh, figure skaters, which I like that movie. So I'm really? going to say that was the best one ever. Yeah, 
Mm. I've always been a big fan of the ski jump, like you said, because yeah. there's only two ways it can end. It can go well or it cannot go well. Oh, yeah. And, I forgot uh, about hockey, by the way. I forgot about that oh, yeah. completely. The That's whole Miracle one. on Ice thing, did you watch that? I was like negative one when that happened. I was happened. real young. So, I mean, I did hear about it as a kid, and then every year thereafter. But Wasn't no. it? I, I'm trying to think. I thought it was in like 82 or something. I it thought was, you were I mean, like, I was still, it was pretty, I was still pretty young. It, my, yeah. How interesting were you in the Olympics when you were like eight? Were how you like, oh, boy. now? Well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a valid point, Boat. <laughs> All right, Aaron, enough of this banter. Let's move on to this week's Amiga News. Amiga News. Our first story this week comes from friend of the show, Chris Edwards. He is uh, talking us through his yearly checkup of his uh of of his fleet of amigas okay that's uh, the only way you could describe them is a fleet that's a good that's right now um aaron how often do you take your amigas apart and dismantle them and clean them i have never taken my amigas apart and cleaned them ever (laughs) and i never will (laughs) you know it's interesting it's the the way that chris shoots this video it's very reminiscent of the classic title zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance he goes through and he he talks about what goes on inside, you know, what's what he's got going on inside the 4000. And then he delicately, with his lips, blows the cat hair out of it and then puts the case back on it. Then he talks about some awesome <laughs> feet he puts on his Amiga that he picked up over at the old Walmart. Yeah. So he's a man after our own heart, Aaron. Yeah. We, we, we we're all cut from the same cloth here. I would like to have uh, uh, a guy to clean the, you know, I don't like comp- getting into computers, but I'll have to. You know, when you do that for a living, I, I, like I said, I'm like, it's the mechanic syndrome. I got the broken down car in the back because I don't want to fix my own stuff. And that's the way it is with the computers. I very rarely take one apart. It just, it just, it drives me nuts. And yeah. I, and the same thing with my arcade machines and they all need maintenance, you know, so p- please take your computer apart. I, well, will, this I, is... I, I do plan on taking them apart when Frank's in town. I'm going to be marching towards him with a fleet of motherboards in hand while he's down at Boat Fest to get those things fixed. This is something that I'm going to focus more on in the upcoming Taze Valley Classic Computer Club that's going to be held uh, this next or this coming weekend. Not not tomorrow, but the, a week from tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be taking apart the Macintosh that you acquired from the Armed Man in St. Albans uh, and uh, and checking it out and seeing if I can get the hellish sound that it makes to stop. Now, wait a minute. You're going to let Pete, you're going to perform computer maintenance at one of the computer club meetings i thought that I, it, was banned by you listen i'm trying to become more conducive to your way of thinking and this is just one more step <laughs> what to where i'm 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 kowtowing to the <laughs> why are you laughing it. why are I'm you stop, laughing i'm just hearing this i'm just what a load of garbage all this is we'll see it. i'll believe it when i see it boat <laughs> all right Lord. well definitely definitely check out that that video from chris it's a good it's an entertaining 20 minutes Oh, yeah. He's always wacky. All right, Aaron. This next story was shared with us on our Discord, and this has to do with the iGame front end. Okay? Okay. Now, whenever you go to a GitHub page, what's the first feeling that you have in your heart? Trepidation. Yes. And I feel dumb. (laughs) Yes. Me too. And I don't know where to click. I can never find the actual thing to download the thing that's on here. How many times have you accidentally downloaded the source code? The source code? The checksum, the repository. Yeah, listen, <laughs> that sounds like something you get when you're ill. <laughs> yeah. I, just, you know, I. But 
you know, there's a couple people on the Discord that are all about the iGame tool. In fact, Dave from AZ gave a big talk on that. Do you remember one of the first ICCs, Aaron? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's a very I remember convincing all yes. of them. All 400 yes. hours of them, I remember them. <laughs> So if you're down with the iGame and you want to download the latest version, you can do that from the Mr. V2K page over on GitHub. Of course, all these stories, bit.ly slash Amiga News, you can get them all. Are you down with the uh, iGame tool, Bo? I, I am so uh, happy with FSUAE that I've never felt the need to explore uh, although I guess I have explored whatever is the mini mig core is, you know, on the on the Mister, because I use yeah. that quite a bit. What front yeah. end is that, Aaron? Is that the one I gave you? It's the one that comes with the Mister. Oh, it came with yours. Mine, it I, came no, with mine. Mine, I had. I don't know. I don't know what you got over there, but all right. I well, it's, yours. It, yeah, it's a Mega AGS or something like that. It's good. It's good. Speaking of good, Aaron, check this next video out. This comes from our man on the street, Dreamcatcher. Yes. I actually submitted that, you know, right here beside me, uh, if I may. You know, I don't show this often, Boat, but this is the authentic uh, copy of BAM. Top freaking banana. It's Top beautiful. Top banana. And if That's you look worth here tons at, of money. If you look here at the bottom of it, it says, and I'm going to quote this, Boat. There's a quote on here. It says, it's as tactically, addictively cute as Sonic or Mario. That's a quote from ID Magazine. Then there's another one that says, Addictive, thoroughly superb, a classic platform game. The polish and sheer detail put into this uh, rendition makes it a surefire winner. 95% micro-user. Graphics and sound are, well, stunning, to say the least. Micro-computer mart. These are actual quotes that are on mm. this particular item. And so mm. when I saw this article come up here uh, from the Dreamcatcher, I was astounded by this. So, so Dreamcatcher pops up and he actually looked up the magazines that reviewed these because we've both, you know, top banana is sort of a running gag on this show yeah. Uh, because it's so, it's the benchmark for how other games are judged when it comes to mm -hmm. being garbage. Right. And, uh, Dreamcatcher took the time. It's one thing I like about him. And we know we've known this guy forever. He was a big part of the show back in the day. And I still follow me. We, we still talk. And, uh, uh, he's one of these guys that will dig deep, real deep. And so he went out and found the magazine article where they reviewed the game and he read it. And it is the biggest load of garbage I have ever heard. I mean, you don't think that the reviewer was on the take, do you? No, I don't think this magazine existed except for one issue where they reviewed this game. It was unbelievable <laughs> garbage. So he reads the, he goes through and reads the article that for Top Banana in micro user uh it, i urge you to go and seek this out and just listen to his his uh dramatic reading of this it is i was doubled over and laughing and in pain because someone <laughs> somewhere probably listened to this article or read it i should say and then thought to themselves heck this is better than mario i'll go buy it now and then they got home and this is what they were greeted with yeah and the article yeah. actually reviews the different levels i mean this is an in-depth article so if you get a chance check out Dreamcatcher and his poly, uh, polythene pan versus top banana. By the way, that's the chick that allegedly did the review. It may be a pseudonym. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so maybe check it. Check it out. And also, uh, for God's sakes, if you don't have it, if you haven't done it already, add Dreamcatcher uh, to your sub list on YouTube. He's always up to some wacky antics, boat. As you absolutely. Know. Speaking of wacky antics, Aaron, 
This next one comes in from a, a tip from our man, Anthony Jarvis. He posted a link on the Discord about what if a new online Amiga magazine. Now, you may be <laughs> thinking to yourself, you yeah. may be thinking to yourself, why does the world need another Amiga magazine? We've already got Amiga Addict. Yeah. We've already got, you know, K&A. We've already got all of the different sorts of magazines that are out there. Yeah. Well, this one, Aaron, is taking a different tack. Uh, this one is 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 steering away from games and is going directly into the applications and the utilities uh, field. So this is you know if you if you want to read articles that explain how to create uh, animations in Lightwave, connecting your Amiga to the internet, uh, doing Octomed and ProTracker and stuff like that, this is the magazine for you. And guess what, Aaron? They are soliciting submissions. So if you have Ooh. a burning desire to uh, share your directory opus hints and tips, I think this would probably be uh, a good place excuse me, to send them, uh, their latest issue, they have uh, three issues out. Sorry, they have two issues out uh, so far. The third one is coming in January or February of this year, but you can download the first two. I believe that these are free. Uh, you can download these and check them out. They actually come, Aaron, compressed in LHA format. Oh, so they're man. meant to be read on the Amiga. First of all, the name, I was a big fan of the What If co comic books. I don't so even I know what that means. Well, the IFF is a, is a is a file format on the Amiga for uh, for uh, uh, pictures, so mm. that's that's the gimmick, you know, uh, that's the joke. Uh, but uh, this is clever. Hey, listen, he's going down a different road, brother. I like it. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So anyway, thank you to uh, Anthony for pointing that out for us. Now, Aaron, yeah. this next story is a bit of a downer. Okay. Oh. Oh, no. Is it? So this comes to us from the uh, or Roshi, I think, posted this on the Discord. Uh, Andy Bolton uh, shared this story on the Commodore Amiga Facebook page, I believe, that Amiga Coffin is selling counterfeit Buffies, Aaron. Counterfeit Buffies. <laughs> okay. Okay. So apparently this is not the first time that this AmigaCoffin.com site has tried to pull a fast one and is selling, you know, dodgy knockoff hardware and software to the unsuspecting Amiga community. So it's uh, our duty, Aaron, as uh, as sort of, you know, some of the, the, the shining lighthouses of truth in the Amiga community to call these people out and say, listen, do not give your money to these people. Uh, there are legitimate UK resellers of the Buffy and all this other stuff. Uh, and uh, go through them. Buy your stuff from, from Retro Rewind. Buy it from a UK reseller that is an official one. I believe if you go to the Buffy Project page, they will tell you who the official resellers are. Don't buy knockoffs, because guess what? They may be a little bit cheaper, but when they blow up in your face, they're, they're going to be laughing. You're going to be crying. Now, uh, uh, Frank, actually, if, if you caught ICC or The weekend was talking about the Buffalo. I mean, this isn't even, a, it's not even out yet, right? I mean, so they really, right. you know, here's the thing. Listen, I love it. I, I, I understand that people try to hustle and make a buck. Right? I've been there. However, this is not, a, this is a bad road. And there's two reasons why. Number one, uh, you, you're, you're obviously taking away someone's hard work. And trying to and trying to profit. Okay, there's that, right? But number mm. two, you'd have to be out of your cotton picking mind to buy something like this from a, a a mystery dealer and stick it in your multi thousand dollar almost irreplaceable computer. You'd be you'd be a madman to do that. 
You want Yeah, to- apparently uh Chris Edwards who's in the chat uh says this is the same Ding Dong who stole <laughs> Pi Mega and resold the Alpha. So what this a guy dong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just so- I mean I mean for God's sakes, don't I mean and I'm this cheap, you know me boat. I'm the cheapest man on earth, all right? But for God's sakes, don't buy this. And even if you don't buy it because it's a, the principles, it's yeah. just the fact now, that like this could blow up your crap. Right. Now, Frank says they have been taken down as of now. So luckily, action has been taken uh, and uh, an illegal complaint has been filed. So Frank is on it. He's on it. Well, you know, everyone's working an angle. You got to be careful out there, man. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's you got to be real careful. I, uh, I'm glad to see these guys went down. It's a shame that they got away with it for as long as they did, you know. But listen, uh, uh, and, you know, we Frank's one of our advertisers, but we've also talked to many other people and many other places. I mean, you interviewed a bunch of guys over there that have businesses over in Europe. You know, when we talk about these reputable dealers, we're not just like whistling Dixie. Don't go with some goose. For God's sakes, go with someone reputable. Do your research. I would have hoped that this guy hasn't sold too much stuff over the years, but I'm guessing since he's been around, lingered around, stealing other people's stuff, he's probably doing pretty good business. Uh, be careful. And if you buy from a guy like this, you're getting what you pay for, man. That's right. That's right. All right, Aaron. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's Amiga News. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about, speaking of uh, Frank, let's talk a little bit about RetroRewind.ca. Mm, RetroRewind.ca. Listen, we just said it. I mean, we don't have to. We pre-added this. If you want quality, uh, uh, well-manicured, well-done products for your expensive home computers that you treat like a baby, all right? Mm-hmm. Some people have cars, you know? Some people have that, pinball machines. We've mm-hmm. The people that watch this show, that listen to this, we're into the classic computers, man. You're not going to go out right. there and and put a a, a crap a crappy uh, off brand gimmick in your baby. You want the best stuff you can, and you want to buy from someone who's not going to disappear the next day and send you some kind of broken crap, or maybe it just doesn't arrive at all. Right? This is the I know this is low hanging fruit, but one thing part of being a good uh, a good seller is being reputable and make and having a reputation built up over years of good practice. And that's what you've got with Retro Rewind. Does he sell all the parts for the computers you love? Yes. C64, C16, C128, the Amiga line, you know, CT everything. Plus the Coco stuff. Sure, he's got it all there, but you also know that when you place an order for hundreds of dollars, the order's going to show up at your house like it's supposed to in a decent amount of time because that's how this guy rolls, right, Bo? That's right. That's right. Whether you are in need of parts or your Amiga is just in bad shape and you're afraid to touch it, Frank has got you covered. You know, if you want to try and tackle repairs on your own, he sells pretty much any parts you could possibly need. Anything from a Kickstart EEPROM flasher all the way down to the cap kit, diagnostic carts, things like that. But if you want to just send it to him, you can rest easy knowing that you or your machine is going to be worked on with the highest level professional tools and many decades of experience in the repair scene. Yeah, so, at, the, at the highest level and with the best machinery and repair equipment that you can get. Right, right. And so we appreciate Frank, and we thank him for being a sponsor of this show. And listen, guys, save yourself some money. Use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. You can save 10% off any order, no matter how big or how small. Mm. Use the code. Thank you, Retro Rewind. You're the man. Mm. 
What do you think, but You ready to rock and roll with some winter? Let's games? move on to Winter Olympics, not Winter Games. We weren't. We're not that lucky. Oh, they're games. They're Olympic games. But it, whether this is a game is debatable at times. I will admit that. So, <laughs> what we've got here, boat, and I will say the uh, the uh, selection committee did us good this time around because we had sort of hinted that the Olympics, you know, the Olympics started last night, I believe, boat. Yeah, opening and, ceremonies were last night. You know, because we review it's how many times have we, re- it's, we it's like here comes John Madden, it's summer. You know, right. or, or that's what, like, here comes Bo Jackson, all crap. Baseball season ended two months ago. So finally, we're on topic for mm. once here with Winter Games. I guess the full title of this game, Winter Winter Olympics, Little yes. Hammer 94. I finally right. got it, Boat. Um, this was a, uh, a release from 94, believe it or not. Some weren't. And came on, this is stunning to me, Boat, three discs, uh, if you can believe that. And uh, was developed by an outfit called Abstract Images. Uh, this uh, this game is funny. I mean, it, it, it supports. I don't know if you looked at the manual boat, but this thing supports a ton of languages, and it's all and they, the way that they set the game up in that typical European style, where it, you could pick from like a million different well, languages you know, in terms of the uh, country you're from, because all the stuff in it is mostly pictures, so you don't have to even worry about the languages too much. Right. This was this is a you know this was produced by U.S. Gold. Uh, I it would be interesting to know if this game even got an NTSC release. Um, oh because yeah. Did it? Oh, did it get on the Amiga? NTSC on the Amiga. Yeah, on I the Amiga. That I don't yeah. know. I don't know yeah. that because you know as we'll talk about later, there were other versions of uh, Winter Olympics produced by U.S. Gold, but not developed by U.S. Gold. Yeah, that's so, the, that's the funny thing about this game. It, it it did have multiple multiple releases on multiple systems, mm-hmm. and they were multiple games. So right. this particular one, uh, from what I read, was based on the VGA version. All right, so this was not a, a specifically made for the Amiga. Um, the uh, this got released. We might as well get into it now because I've got a list here of all the stuff this was released on. Uh, this was released on the Genesis, the Game Boy. The Super Nintendo, uh, the Sega Game Gear, uh, DOS, and the Sega Master System. Uh, this does have a, uh, according to the, what I read here, Boat, this has a North American release. I'm not sure it was released in, in uh, it, you would think, because you can't, the funny thing is when you pick the languages, you pick the UK flag, which that's pretty common if you want to have English. But you would think, and if they if this was an American only port, they may not they may not have handled it that way. I don't know. Well, I mean, and I don't. There's nothing wrong with picking the UK flag for choosing English, but I don't even believe you can choose to be the United States in oh, yeah, the you can. version of the game. Can you? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. You, you can. Okay. You just didn't vote. You turned coach. I just didn't. No, I, I didn't. You, I'm I always friends. Yeah. I, I, Are you I really the big that... F? <laughs> Listen, how appropriate. So, what do you get in this game? Well, not much. Now, wait a minute. Now you're pre-burying it, Bo. <laughs> Give me a break here. You get a, uh, this is one of your classic games games where you get to pick from a, 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 a bunch of different events to play the game. Uh, most, I will say most of the big Winter Olympic games are represented uh, in this. Uh, you get, uh, uh, you get downhill skiing, you get ski, the ski jump. You get speed skating, uh, you get uh, bobsledding, uh, you get uh, bi- what's the uh, shooting one? Biathlon or biathlon. Called? biathlon. Mm-hmm. Boy, you get that one. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get all these. We'll go through them. Uh, and 
You also get a few options you where you could pick up, you could select to play a full Olympics. You could select what they call a mini Olympics, which mm. is four events of your choosing, and then you could practice the events. Before we get into this too heavy, I wanted to ask you: uh, Did you try practice or mini Olympics at all? I most of my time with this game was spent in the practice arena. Okay. So, did you notice that if you clicked on, for example, Bob's the bobsled one? Mm-hmm. You could actually click on it over and over, and it would be different things. Did you, right. did you notice that? Right. Yeah. So you, you did cycle see through the events. Yeah. Like, and you could, it was a, like one man skeleton, then it was like two man, and then there was like a two man bobsled, four man bobsled. I think there were right. the options for that pick. It's the same thing with skiing. You would get giant slalom and some. I mean, it's basically the same sort of game with different rules. Uh, but I was surprised because it doesn't really, it's not intuitive, this system they've put together, is it, in terms of picking no. your events? It's um, it, it boggles the mind why they thought that would be a good idea instead of just you know they, it's like they were hell bent to not include any text in this game which I understand that they're producing this for an international audience but there is English in the game you know yeah. they could have just put the events I it I hated that I hated let's, that let's let's take a step back here because I want to get your thoughts on the initial the opening of the game of the of the game and the music and the presentation because one of the things that we've always enjoyed with these olympic games and i know you're like me boat there's a certain amount of pomp and circumstance and we could thank epics and their brilliant summer and winter games where you would have the opening ceremonies the guy would run up with the torch and the doves mm-hmm. would fly up mm-hmm. and all that stuff mm-hmm. so there, and it seems like every one of these things has something like that and what did you think of the offering here it was okay. I mean, to be honest with you, it really wasn't that much better than like summer games from 1985 or whatever, you know, I, they, they weren't necessarily showing off the graphical power of the Amiga in the opening ceremony. It's basically, you've got this massive torch and you watch the person light it from the bottom and then it just lights up at the top. It's kind I of was a hoping, bummer. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping to see like a real opening ceremonies. Cause at this point, what you could do is you could show tons of people, like you could have people parading out into the stadium, you know, and you could see bunches of, le- even if it wasn't that detailed, like think about, uh, you know, something like Super Sprint where you saw the crowds and the stands, you could have made like a crowd with a bunch of different colors that represented all the different countries. There were a yeah. million things they could have done. They did nothing. Well, they did the bare minimum. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with what happened because effectively what happens at the, it, first of all, you only get the opening ceremonies when you play the Olympics. You don't get it for the other right. ones. And secondly, a dude skis up, and by the way, he moves very little as he skis up. He rolls up with his torch. He lights a, 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 a podium that shoots the flame up to the top, and that that's it. That's all there is to it. It's kind of, I mean, it looks okay. Uh, what did you think of the music uh, in this game? I've got uh, an opinion on this. I, well, here, this is where I sort of become a hypocrite. Because, what? you know, I frequently bury games when they don't have music, right? Yeah. I say, where is the music? <laughs> I know where and, this is going, yeah. And then the music appears, and it's god-awful. It's the worst. It's the dirt worst. It's some of the worst music I've ever heard in a video game. It's like they got the one guy that knows how to operate the tracker, but has no discernible musical ability, which is most of the people that were operating the tracker, for being honest, back in the day. <laughs> and, oh, no. I don't agree with that now. You're getting, now so, you jumped over the shark there. And so uh, what you get is some sort of a melody with this driving baseline that repeats incessantly until you just want to scream. It's bad. It's real bad. I will say the, the, the guys that made this uh, or reported it to the Amiga, uh, this abstract images, as far as I can tell, this is all they ever did on the Amiga. This is, this is their game. 
I'll put it this music in perspective that when the music plays when you're on the menus, right? Mm-hmm. I'll walk, I've got a ceiling fan right up here, right above me in my room here, and it makes this noise. It's old, right? It makes this guess like, arr, arr. and so <laughs> I left the room to go do something. I was walking back to the house and I heard her. I was like, man. That ceiling fan sounds particularly bad tonight. And this, I walked in, the ceiling fan was off, and it was the menu music was playing. <laughs> Not good. Not good. So I, I played one full loose with the music on, and then that was it for the music. And let's talk about turning on and off the different options with the function keys. That menu sucks, too. Yes. You can't tell I mean, if you've turned it on or not. What is that? This is this is 1993. Yeah. We should know how to do menus by this point. You know? <laughs> it's so, well, it wasn't just me, is what you're saying. No, no. Because I kept hitting it. I was like, is it because it, it shows you literal pictures of the function keys. And when yeah. you hit it, it slightly moves. And you're like, is it on? <laughs> is it off? What the hell's happening? I don't know. I had right. no idea what was happening. So we agreed that the menus are no good and the and the, the music's no good. Turn that right off. And right. by the way, this does have music and sound effects, but the sound effects are also no good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sound like crap. So it all the sound in this is no good. So with all that said, you come to this menu, and I guess the 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 mascots for the Olympics that year were two, I don't know period costume children is that how we're gonna is that what we're gonna say here uh, on for this? once you've been very articulate in your description that's exactly well, I mean, how i'd call it how, and, and but they and so they're they slightly move but they help you pick stuff they, no, that's not true they they kind of tell they, you people what you're picking what they do is they slow you down they look because like if they weren't there if they weren't there you could just move through it but no you got the guy and he's moving the flag and he's coming yeah now the flag's moving back down they look you know? like they look like little geeks like yeah. but they're there and like one of the, they like if you pick one says like what's your controls you know we have they, we have several norwegians in the chat right now i'd yeah. love to know their thoughts on these two guys and whether they approved if they signed off on this because if you're looking for mascots for the olympics you got one guy, he's wearing a freaking pink cape and a in a green sweater, and he's wearing yeah. a leather Viking helmet. And then the other girl, she's wearing and here's the thing, I got nothing against period proper attire. You know, I'm yeah. all for it. But this looks like it was like a nineties modern take on it. You know, it's like they they tried to update their ancient attire to have some attitude, and that's oh, no good. Oh by the <laughs> So we didn't even talk about picking this menu where you try to pick the different events. This so is the, you, this is also the worst. This menu sucked too. <laughs> yeah. And when you pick one, the little girl has a remote control or something in her hand and she makes a dot flash. This sucks. Yeah. This what menu they sucks. Thinking? I don't here's know. What, here's what I think. I think that the publisher, which was also the developer, they said, listen, you must include the kids in this game. And, you know, and this is how they did it. Unfortunately, well, <laughs> these guys, I mean, I, and the thing is, they're so out of place. How can this, this doesn't feel like a serious sports event, you know, with these two geeks, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming they are, you know, mascot. I mean, we could have done it worse, you know, but I wouldn't have included them, but that's just me. So anyway, uh, you get, of course, like what we said, practice, many Olympics are full Olympics. Now here are your featured events. You've got the Alpine, Bobsled, Luge. The uh, biathlon, short track, speed ca- skating, and ski jumping. That's your uh, full Olympic events. Uh, once you go through and pick your name, you can also pick your country. Now, I will say, Bode, 
they give you a good selection of countries. Uh, Australia, Austria, Brazil, Canada, Finland, France, Germany, Great Britain, Italy, Japan, Norway, Russia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and the USA. Those are your countries. Brazil, well-known for their Olympic winter uh, team. They had one movie, and now they get to be in the game. Is the way I look at that. Are you, are you sure you're not thinking about Jamaica? Oh, you're right. I, I mean, what's Brazil in there for? And Jamaica's not. <laughs> well, Brazil actually has mountains. They're they're not a, a tropical country at all. Do the they do well at the Winter Games? I'm just saying that they have more of a right to be there than Jamaica does. I would have put Jamaica in because they. I mean, you're right. I never saw the movie, but they were Jamaican in that, weren't they? They were Jamaican. Yeah. Well, there you go. So once you have entered your name, and you can play up to four people. By the way, it's got that the classic. Uh, they, nothing here was out was thought of outside the box. Let's just put it that way. They. <laughs> There was no independent thought involved. So, well, that's not true. There was one independent thought. So then you go into the Olympics proper. Now, I will say, I'm going to give the devil his due on this. What they've done here with the biathlon, I think, is a pretty good idea, a boat. And I, I, you may disagree with me. The biathlon is the longest and most tedious event in the Olympics. And so what they did was they broke it up. And so you, as you go through the full Olympics, Every other event is the bi- you continue doing the biathlon, and so you, it's the first event to start, it's the last event to finish, and the event is made up of basically three different elements, uh, which are the skiing at the beginning, this weird menu where you try to ski as fast as you can, and then the shooting element, and then there's actually a fourth element at the very end of the game where you just cross the finish line and which is going as fast as you can. Uh, we might as well just talk about this as a whole event, but what did you think of the old biathlon? Garbage. <laughs> what now, did you not like about this? This is my favorite one. Listen, here's the thing. In theory, what you said is correct. Breaking up the biathlon into four different interstitial parts is a good yeah. idea. The implementation of the biathlon as, as an event is horrible. And this shares, all of these events in this game share a common thread and that thread is the thread of suckiness. And I'll tell you why. Because, okay, when you're, playing a, when you're playing a sport, okay, on a video game, yeah. you want to watch your guy doing the thing on the screen, okay? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. in Winter Olympics, or in Winter Games, Epics is Winter Games on the biathlon, you watch your guy traversing a snowy environment. He goes up hills. He goes down hills. He goes across bridges. You're like, yeah, yeah. he's doing the thing, and I'm controlling him doing the thing. Yeah. In this game, you set your guy off. He skis to the edge of the screen, and then all of a sudden you get an abstract representation of a man in green True. world skiing in place like he's on a Nordic track. You're then you wrong. have numbers counting down saying, okay, this is how much longer you have to endure this until it's time to go to the next sucky thing. <laughs> that you know, blows. I will say that the, the world, the green box world, I I like this world because I can do real well here. It's one of the best parts. <laughs> I can get to a hundred times every time you use the Brit technique and just killing the joystick. I, so I was like, so I, maybe you're right. Maybe I didn't look past that part. It's, in retrospect, it's not graphically pleasing. I'll give you that. Anytime that you're taking a thing, you're taking an activity and you're abstracting it out to just a number in a simple can, animation, can that's not good that, game design. Can you imagine a baseball game or a football game where there's at right in the most pivotal moment, the quarterback just disappears and he's in a box and right. you, for a base where you swing the bat. You're right. All right. I'll give you that. What'd you think of the shooting uh, element of that? Okay. The, the shooting's not bad. It's, it's, it's your typical stick 
where you it's, are it's harder you, than most yeah. win, winter games that's it is it, it's harder than winter games uh you've got it's almost like jockey wilson where you you it's almost <laughs> oh, you've had it you've had a couple drinks yeah. and you're a little shaky on the old stock and and you've got to you know maneuver it and it's sort of a half luck half skill type affair what they should have done was make it exactly like winter games because here's the thing that's great about winter games. It simulates you opening the chamber, loading the chamber, closing the chamber, and shooting. Okay? You've yeah. got all of that. In this game, all you're doing is you're taking your drunken rifleman, and you go out to the range, you you go and you aim at a black thing, and you press the button. That's it. That's the whole event. I want to live in a world where Jockey Wilson does the biathlon at the Olympics. <laughs> that's where I want to live. So... <laughs> Okay, but I thought actually that was my best event. That was the one I did the best at. So the next thing you've got is the I guess what we call the downhill slalom here. Mm-hmm. It's the gimmick where you come out of that little house at the top of the hill. I'm sure that house has a name, ski house, and you and you come down the hill because the house has a little bench in it, as I recall. You come down the hill and you fly your skis between the two flag gimmicks. Right now, I've watched this many times at the Olympics. And I thought I've never been a real fan of it, but there are some pretty good, uh, you know, wrecks. On is it a wreck when you fall? I get some falls, fall down yeah. the hill. That's pretty much the only thing it's good for. Now, <clears throat> with that said, I actually didn't hate this either. Uh, it's it is this uh, the top tippity top simulation of skiing? No, but it, it's okay. I'm like I felt like I was halfway decent at it. I was uh, I, I could finish. I could go through the gates are pretty wide. Now keep in mind there are different difficulty levels for the Olympics. I was playing on like dumb guy, the dumb guy mode. Club and I'm level sure is you what were they call too. It. What's yes. that? Club <laughs> level is what they call. Listen, it. there's no club that would have accepted me <laughs> to ski down this hill. Uh, but uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's it's. Let's. I think like it's skiing. If they use the outrun engine on the Amiga, it's yeah. very similar. It's not the yeah. best. It's not the smoothest. It's, but a it's very okay. similar. It's a very similar frame rate to the Amiga. This was actually my favorite event because it was the only event that actually approximated the event that it was based on. Mm. So, how did you do with this one? Did you ever get oh, a gold, silver, or anything? To be honest with you, I, I did most of my time just playing it over and over again in practice time because I didn't want to play the other events. You know, I played the mini Olympic mode. I played the real Olympics and I just wanted to focus on the events that I had the most fun with, yeah. which was this one. But now I feel like I could probably, you know, here's the other thing. You know what else you get in the old winter games? Compete in one event. You know what you yeah. don't get here? That. Okay. You, get, you have to do at least four. Hey, you got to do at least four. Lilla Hammer has certain standards. If you're not man enough to compete in four events, you're out. I'm That's out. Get, you can go practice. I'm on a plane home. I should mention that on, on the skiing area, you have the options uh, to pick uh, Super G. You know, which that's mm-hmm. what they—that's my nickname at the club, by the way. <laughs> uh, giant slalom or slalom. You got those are your choices down there. Uh, but I mean, it, again, you're—it's just the same kind of engine gimmick. I will say, after these events, there's a big running of the scoreboards. They tell you where you placed. Uh, they have everyone else, uh, and, uh, and uh, you at least you kind of keep track of what's going on. So they sort of make it look professional. They got the little yeah. flag beside it. You put that, your whole name in. You know, I like that part. Yeah, uh, I mean, so. that, of course, that is the sort of bare minimum effort that you might want to have. But it is it is competent in what it does. I will say, <laughs> I, was, I was playing a hometown boy in this. Skied down the hill. I hit one flag, okay? I got to the bottom of the hill, and they booed me in my own country. <laughs> what the? I, felt, 
I was like, this sucks. What the hell was that? So yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, there it is. I love it. So the next on the docket here, uh, uh, in terms of what they have left, you would do the old, it's the old, uh, I believe is the luge, if I'm not mistaken, boat. What were your thoughts on the old luge? Okay. Oh wait, so, I forgot. There's another round of there's another round of, of course, in between all these is is the uh, thing boat hates the, yeah. the, with the gun. It's always the same to the very end. So we're gonna skip that. So carry on. But what you think about this next okay. event? Oh, this is okay. ski jump. My bad. I got it all backwards. Right. Okay. So let's talk about ski jump then. Yeah. Okay. Ski jump sucks right out of the bat because here's what? the deal. When is you want graphics? No, no. When you want to start the ski jump, you can't start the ski jump. Okay. In every video game, what do they do? They say press button to start. Okay. Yeah. So when your thing loads up, you press the button, you immediately are disqualified. Yeah. Because for some unknown that. reason, for some unknown reason, you've got to wait for the green thing to go. This yeah. is not a test of skill. This is a test of seeing how much you can endure the asininity of this game. Asininity. Okay? Whoa. So, okay. You you wait for the green. You're sitting around. You 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 see the green light. You press the button. Okay, that yeah. starts your. There's several down events the with the green light, by the way. That they all right. suck. Yeah. Okay. Now this is again just like the biathlon, where they take the focus away from your character on the screen and make you focus on an abstraction. Okay. In this case, you get a little pink box down in the bottom corner of the screen that shows you the direction of your skis. So instead of watching your guy go down the ski slope, getting ready to do an awesome jump, you're concentrating on something off the screen, trying to keep these two abstract skierless skis in line as he does his thing. That's no good. That's bad game design. Hey, did you, uh, what's the longest ski jump you managed to pull? Do you remember? I, I could barely pull off the shortest one. I got a, I, I managed to, I, I very often fail. I, I, by the way, the green light thing, which happens in more than one event, like I said, I often botch that and would just get DQ'd. And then the thing is, you have to still finish the event. And you have to go through all the screens now, with all the text that tells you how you finished. You have to just sit there looking like a geek. But I managed you, to jump like 64 meters. That was my highest, which is horrible. You would think, you would think that the, 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 if you're like, well, why don't you just read the directions and they'll tell you what you need to do to land your jump. Well, let me they read suck. to you. Let me read oh. to you from the instructions, okay? Oh, yes, yes, please. All you have to do, Aaron, is keep this in mind. The ideal jump is executed with power, boldness, and precision. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So keep that in mind. All right. Okay? While you're in the air... Maneuver yourself into the correct stance by using the up and down directions. What's the uh, what's the uh, the correct stance? Who knows? The correct no 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 up and down. No explanation. Yeah. As you're approaching the ground, press fire to adopt the landing position. Pressing too early will lose you valuable distance. While pressing too light late, you will almost definitely crash. Okay, how do you know when the distance? When is the precise distance? There's nothing that tells you that. So this game expects you to have all of this knowledge or it expects you to brute force trial and error your way to victory well guess what there's no way to do it you just luck into it you can't tell when you're landing is another thing like i sort of figured this out on my own eventually but there's no way to, it's all a big white screen and the angle you can't tell where you're at you right. know so it's 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 not that good okay i mean we could both agree it doesn't look now, that good. It well, was not okay. an improvement from Winter Games, that's for sure. Graphically, it doesn't look bad. You know, it's, it looks I mean, it, it looks like a slightly up-resed 8-bit game. 
So I'm not going to fault the graphics. I love seeing the people sitting in the stands just off screen as you yeah. go down the thing. But the fact that you have to take your eyes off your skier as he's doing the exciting event to focus on the two skis that he's not wearing, that's no good. That's no good. It's no good is the correct answer. It's no good. It was, it was, a, it was, I was disappointed too, because that's what, you know, that's a great event and it's, and they, and they botched it. So once you get through another round of the old, uh, the old running gun, the shooting part, then it's time for, now this is where it gets a little weird because I, you could set these up. You get, like I said, there's a bunch of options you can, you have here. Uh, I usually would get the bobsled right here. Uh, this guy has chosen to do the, uh, the, guy, the video we're watching has chosen to do the skeleton here. What did you think about and these? Bits are, these are all pretty much the same event. It's just with a different sled type. But you get a cool 3D perspective as you go down the ice. There's a map on the side of the screen for you listening at home that t shows you the course that you're in. Uh, the uh, uh, the actual 3D elements of this, are I thought, are pretty nifty. They look pretty good. They run pretty well. And if you want you learn how to control them, you do pretty well. Now, I will say, but before you jump in here, uh, as we're watching this guy do the skeleton down the hill here, I would never do an event where I careened at breakneck speed in an ice cavern with my legs splayed as far as they could go, because that seems like a recipe for unmitigated pain. But what did you think of this one, the boat? Well, I disagree with you that you think this looks great oh. because this 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 moves at a glacial pace. Oh, the pun good intended. One. Yeah, I like okay? it. Okay, um, this had the potential to be awesome, and I'm sure on DOS it probably was because it probably moved a lot faster. But Pro we're playing not. this on the we're playing this on the Amiga, yeah. and it is. I mean, what what kind of a frame rate? I mean, you can count the frames as they go by. It's that slow. It's not. Okay? I thought it was okay. I really thought but this. That's, was, I actually was impressed by this. I'll be honest with you. But yeah, that's not the good. worst. That's not the worst thing about this event. All right. The worst thing about this event is that it takes you out of looking at down the track and positioning yourself as the bobsledder. And makes you focus on only one element in the screen, and that is the white stripe on top your uh, on top your helmet. Because the only way that you can negotiate this course is to watch the white stripe on top of your driver's helmet. And when it goes to the right, you press right. When it goes to the left, you press left. So ninety percent of the race, you're not even looking at the track. All you're focused on is the white stripe on the top of your guy's helmet. It's just like the ski jump. It takes you out of the experience. It's bad game design. I'm going to blow your mind here. You ready? Prepare yourself. I didn't ever notice that until you just pointed it out. I never noticed. That's not the way I did it. I just Well, looked... if, if you do do that, you will never, ever fail ever. Oh, well, that's a good tip. I just watched where the tunnel was going and got it. It's, I played this a lot like Stun Runner. I would mm -hmm. move my guy. At first, I wanted to move my guy away from the turns. But in this version of this game, you want to move your guy into the turns. And like you're in a little dark area. See the little dark area there where it pops up whenever the thing goes, whenever you go by. That's where mm -hmm. you go. Uh, I actually like this. Now, there are parts that I didn't like. Uh, for one thing, <laughs> at the very beginning, it doesn't matter if you're playing one man, two man bobsled, four man. You've got to do this bit where you run at the beginning, right? And there's nothing dopier then like going one tenth of a mile an hour or, or even getting into your sled before you See, moved. And then you I, I like disagree. I thought, I thought that was the coolest part of the whole event. Well, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying there's room there to make you look like an idiot. 
because if you do it wrong, you you could literally get in your bobsled and it doesn't move and it just ends the event. You're like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so um, yeah. be, because uh, at the beginning of the event, okay, if you are doing the skeleton or, or whatever the one man event is, yeah, uh, you you have to go back and forth. You have to move the stick back and forth to kind of get yourself going. It's like doing a, a stationary rowboat. Now yeah. the bobsled thing is cool because you are running forward and then you have to press your button to get load each man into the bobsled and you're kind of like it's like a, a um it's like a, a, a test your luck kind of thing where yeah. you're trying to get as fast as you can go but also get all four of your bobsledders in the sled before you cross the line that could have been a game in itself and that was fun again this is uh, this one area we're, we're talking about encompasses the bobs the two man the four man bobsled and the luge i was calling it the skeleton and there may be a, it may be the same thing i don't know i think it is i think it's the but same thing i didn't hate that i thought the actual board looked I thought it was pretty cool. I'm a sucker for those things. I like them. Uh, so, one more round. You got another round of the uh, of the biathlon before you get to far and away my least favorite event, and that is the speed skating. Now you've got a uh, uh, quite a few uh, choices with speed skating. You've got short. You've got the short track 3,000. Meter elimination, a time trial, and also a pursuit mode. Uh, it doesn't matter. You could, as they say uh, around these parts, you could put lipstick on a pig, but that sucker's still a pig. And this sucker's a pig. I hated this event. I never was very good at the event. Uh, and it, it, it's it's not attractive. The sound effects suck. Uh, I hated every part of this boat. What did you think about the speed skating event? I, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to go the other way on this one, man. I'm kind really? of surprised. Yeah, I thought that this was uh, this was one of the few events that I've sort of played and I felt myself get better at. It's a game that there is a certain amount of finesse that you have to use to be able to negotiate around the track. What you do in this game is that you have to press left and right, you know, in a rhythmic way to uh, to to accelerate, and then when you hold your button down, left and right steers you. So you you constantly have to decide, you know, what point do I stop accelerating so I can enter into this turn and press the button down and then you kind of glide through the turn. Uh, I thought this was kind of cool. I thought this was a neat way to do it. I like the top down. I would have probably liked it more if it was a little bit more zoomed out. This has got that micro machines problem where it's a top down view and it's very, very <laughs> zoomed in. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I, this was probably, I'm trying to think, maybe I like this one even a little bit more than the slalom because it was different. You know, I've played a ton of slalom games and they all pretty much control exactly the same, but the way that you have to manage your steering and your acceleration, I thought was kind of neat. I thought it sucked and looked like, but also my guy kept getting DQ'd. And then when you get disqualified or you fall, you've got to go into the center of the ring and the in the bullpen of shame while they finish <laughs> the race up and you're skating around in it like a geek. I hated it. I didn't like the controls. I just couldn't master it. No good. A dud. I never liked any of these speed. And also, by the way, what's with that map at the bottom where it's... Yeah, there's a little that's... radar that just I assume it just... I don't know. What is that for? I thought, that, my God, it looks like... That's window dressing. And also the fact that there's not even a sound effect for the last bell. They just visually show a bell. Explain yeah. that, boat. That's the highest form of lazy. Because that's yeah. one of the best parts of the race where they go bang, 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 bang. They you know, that means it's the last lap. And this they just show a bell in the corner. Lame. 
Every yeah, part of yeah. this was lame. Don't don't put it over, Boat. So the yeah. last, the okay, go ahead, Boat. Any final thoughts on this particular event? This is uh, this is one that you know. Whenever they remake this, you know, whenever you know, we've talked about the Wings remake. I'm sure U.S. Gold is chomping at the bit to remake Olympic Games '94. Oh yeah. Uh, I hope I hope that they 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 put a few uh, a few extra touches on this and really make it great. Yeah, and uh. uh I just think this, but did you try any of the other events, the uh, elimination or the pursuit? Did you try those? I did, but I didn't understand the rules. So I just, I, I was focused on like, how well can I get around the track? Uh-huh. And so it, it, good, and to me, that move. was, it, to me, that was fun because I knew I wasn't going to win because I wasn't good enough, but it's one of those things. It's almost like when you play sensible soccer or kickoff, like I know I'm not going to win, but I'm just going to try and play as best as I can and, and try and score a goal. And if I have to score a goal, I call it a win. So that's kind of the way that I approach speed skating. I want to talk about this last, the last portion of the biathlon here where you literally, the screen comes up and all you see is the finish line and you move about a foot. And then it's, the, a, it's yes. so stupid. By the <laughs> way, they so integrate, stupid. here's the thing I can understand. They integrate the green screen, the green box portion of the game here, but they do it in, in a real background. Why did they use the box in the first place? Why did they just use that? Doesn't make any sense. I can't. You, I can't explain. And it goes on for like two seconds, and he just crossed the finish line. <laughs> Could they come? They just run out of ideas. Is that that point? Yeah. Maybe they're just like nobody. Nobody by this point, nobody's going to care anymore. So well, they were. They were right. <laughs> they were dead on. So at the end of this, uh, you get your tally, and then if you and then you accept your gold medals, silver medals, or bronze medals if you were lucky enough to get them, and then a very very lame. Uh, ending of the game where they showed the torch. We're looking at it now. They raised the country that had the winning flag, and it looks like, for all intents and purposes, they're going to set on fire with the with the torch. And it, when they <laughs> what they do it, at the end of the Olympics, yeah, they just they, burn down all the ground. They burned the whoever won the nation that won. They burned their flag at the end of the thing. I thought there's going to be fireworks. No, there's just a weird noise, and the logo of the game shoots out at your face, and that's the end of the game, boat. But now. Yeah, so. that's that. That's no good. Uh, I would yeah. say the end of that were, was weak. So, what do you, overall boat? As you look at this thing as a total package, we've played a lot of these games over the years. Where do you in the pantheon? Do you give this a gold, silver, or bronze medal for its performance at the Winter Olympics? Um, what is what is the? Uh, I, I would give it. A, I would give it probably. <sighs> Listen, this game is not a total lost cause. It's not a total unplayable mess. But it's just it's 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 lazy and it doesn't do anything to show off the fact that like the game's genre as a genre had been out for, you know, almost 10 years at this point and they did nothing to bring it forward. In fact, they they brought it back uh, you know, in many steps from Winter Games in a lot of ways. Um, what this shows me is that the the people that were developing this for the Amiga knew that Amiga people would buy it and they could put out whatever kind of crap they wanted. Because when you look at the other ports, they're quality ports. They're so much more fun. They're like real games because well, there was competition in that market. I will, I will say two things. You're, you're, you shouldn't rag on the Amiga. It's, that, it's not the Amiga people's fault that they're releasing crap. And secondly... I'm not saying it is. I did look at the DOS version of this. It's very, it's pretty much very similar. Well, the DOS uh, people I, were in a similar situation. And I will say, just for, just for a point of reference, uh, in 1993, 1994, when this came out, the system requirements for this game on DOS were 640K of memory, 
DOS 3.3, VGA, and a hard drive. That's what you were competing against uh, in that world. Now, uh, of course, we mentioned this got released on several other uh, on several other areas, and we've got one here I highlighted. I thought it'd be fun to look at the Master System. Now, of course, the Master System's a, a few notches down from the Amiga in terms of its overall processing power. Thank God the kid made the transition. Yeah, luckily. Of course, there was only one kid. But they did things a little bit differently on the Master System. But I thought they, I thought it. I mean, did you have? Have you ever played this on the Master System, Boats? I played this on. I played this on every system this week. Oh my gosh! Well, well tell us about this one. So, <clears throat> the big, the big differences between all of the ports and the Amiga port is that the uh, the the bobsled is always further back. Yeah. And uh, and so because they really wanted to show off the 3D capabilities. Of the Amiga and the DOS version, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and which is fine. But when you put the bobsled further back, it allows you to actually play it more like a racing game and uh, and be more involved with the turns and things like that. You can really play it more like Stun Runner because if you look at the Master System, that's pretty much the exact same position that your your ship is in when you play Stun Runner. Yeah, but that that um, looks that looks a lot lamer than the Amiga version. The Amiga version. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, at first blush, you're exactly right because uh, you know the Amiga version is a fully three D rendered thing. A, yeah, it looks a lot. But lamer. it just depends on the. I, I mean, this is the classic Amiga thing. It looks great, but it plays horribly because it it chugs along at such low frame rate. I, um, I do know that some of the consoles got more events, right? Like several more than the the uh, uh, the PC and the uh, well, Amiga it's version un- guys. It's, unfortunate that the uh, console versions all shared the same horrible menu system that the Amiga version had. So I, it was hard for me to really know what events were extra and what events weren't. Um, but overall, this is not a great game on any platform, but you're going to have more fun playing it on one of the consoles than you are playing it on the DOS version of the Amiga version. It's funny. I played a uh, Master System Olympic game a while back on ARG. I don't even remember what it was, but it wasn't it wasn't any great shakes either. It's really easy to phone these suckers in, uh, yeah. when, when especially the deal goes when down. especially when they're making it for a, a specific event. You know, they know people will buy it just because it's related to this year's Olympics. So yeah, does that motivate you to buy stuff when there's a big event? Was that is that I always wonder about that. I mean, are people rushing to the stores right now to pick up the Olympic video game, or was that something from the '90s and the '80s that people did, or did they ever do it? I don't know that they ever did, but the Olympics only come around once every four years. So, I mean, you're probably going to want to release a game every four years, so it makes sense. Like, all those Mario and Sonic at the Olympics games, they do those, you know, every year. So, I looked this up. uh, I looked up some uh, reviews of this bad boy uh, boat. Uh, The folks over at Lemon give this a 6.92. This reviewed, I would say, I would call this middle of the road. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it a 70. Amiga Format a 70. Amiga Joker wasn't taking it. 56. Amiga Power was not taking it. 48, Boat. They dropped the hammer. Uh, well, that's you, slightly... Remember, Amiga Power 50 is their average score, so it was slightly below. Well, there you average. go. CU Amiga gave it a 79. Uh, the One gave it a 55. Are they on the same scale, or do they just hate it? And then the No, average, they, they just hated it. Uh, Lemon has the average magazine rating at 63%. Do we get any Discord action, Boat? You know, I'm going to look because I can't remember. Let's check it out, man. Well, while you're uh, looking that up, are you got it there? I got it. I'm ready. Okay, oh, Pajaco, 6502. Listen, Pajaco missed his calling as a games review journalist. Yeah. 
He says, I loved Winter Olympiad in 1988 on the Amiga, and not having played this one, I was hopeful for more of the same. But for most of this game, I couldn't quite work out the controls, and the event was over before I could. This is definitely one that requires you to read the freaking manual. Some of the events were fun, like the downhill skiing and the biathlon. I made the mistake of playing this on Joypad, and it feels like it was more suited to a good old joystick waggle. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Graphics are not 1994 Amiga quality, lots of digitized images, and the audio, whilst pretty funky, is nothing to write home about. As a comparison, I played Winter Olympiad 1988 and Winter Games. Winter Olympics sits in the middle of those two for me. Overall, this feels like it was made on the cheap to capitalize on the 1994 Winter Games. Not awful, but not memorable. Two out of five Olympic rings. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. Is that the only one? That's the only one this week. We got, uh, I looked this up on eBay. If you're looking to get a copy of this and you're in the UK or nearby, you can, this can be had in the box for uh, 10 to $20 bills. I would save the money. Well, I mean, Here's the thing. The box art, I think, is pretty rad. So if eh. you want something to put up on the shelf, you could do worse. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, don't play it. We didn't don't mention the it. digitized graphics, which there are plenty of them here. You know, that, you yeah. know, that, and they look okay. You know, yeah, it's that ham. I guarantee you, Doug is wetting himself over the ham mode that was involved. Well, I mean, it looks okay, but I mean, and I will say, you know, it's got that, some of the areas have that, you know, the, the cover of the box has it to this kind of weird, uh, abstract shape. I guess the the Olympics were had this like pink and purple gimmick. Well, yeah, with this was the nineties. This yeah, was well, the nineties. People were going insane with pink and purple. Thank God that that's gone because those suck too. And there's also remember like, when remember, all the new baseball teams were pink and purple. Yeah, like the Marlins, like, the Rockies. Remember that? You know the uh, you were talking about the event where you, the ski jump where you had to look at the guy's feet. The bottom third of the menu was that god awful sort of thing, and right. it sucked. That did right. not help you land a perfect jump. That's for sure. No. No. Let's bid. Let's bid this sucker. I do, Boatster. Okay, man. What's been going on on the old community updates this week, Aaron? Well, we've had a few uh, updates this time around. We'll start out as we always uh, do, Boaster, with me and the Brent over at ARG Presents. We had a a very fun topic, Boat, and it was uh, Brazilian Sega Master System exclusive games. Speaking of the Sega Master System, uh, for those that don't know, and I'm sure most of you do. There's a uh, there was a uh, company in Brazil that worked with Sega, and they kept the Master System alive a long, long time after it was gone everywhere else. Tech and toy, it was actually right? it was Tech Toy, correct? And it was very popular down there. And Tech Toy were very clever in the way that they that they sold the Master System. Often they would sell it without even a cartridge slot in it. They would just have a bunch of built-in games. And so one thing that they did was produce a lot of games in Brazil that didn't get released anywhere else. Uh, we look at we looked at a couple of different games. Uh, I looked at a, a, a game. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it, but it's basically a Woody Woodpecker game uh, that was made. Apparently, the Woody's a big deal down there in in Brazil, a boat. And 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 Brent played a game called Baku Baku Animal, which I've not mm-hmm. heard of. But apparently, this is a pretty popular game in Japan, uh, boat. Now, have you ever played? Have you ever played one of these? Never, never. So uh, Baku I can't Baku. Remember. I, I was going to say, you guys it. you guys kind of like that one, right? I loved it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. listen, you know, I'm not a big puzzle guy, but it was simple to get into, hard to master, that sort of thing, like a tetris right. sort of affair. But it wasn't, you know, when you, every game you see that has a Tetris look to it, you think, oh, here's another Tetris. But this has a different slant, and I enjoyed it. It was light puzzle entertainment. The game is goofy as the day is long. 
Uh, so it was a it was a, it was a fun time. There's an arcade version that's better, obviously, but I mean, if you got a Master System, uh, it wouldn't be the worst idea to pick it up. Of course, uh, any of these games you want to get from Brazil are going to cost you a ton of money. Oh, I bet. We had I a bet. good time. And I should mention, speaking of uh, myself and the Brent, a knock on wood, if everything goes okay, tonight's Friday Night Disaster stream will be me and Brent preparing for the show on Sunday because we'll be playing board games based on video games. Uh, we've got we've got Pac-Man and Berserk, and I think I've also got Zaxxon. We're going to play at least two. We're going to do it live on stream out in the studio. So this but... is going to be real board games. You're going to have multiple cameras set up, like a camera on the board, all a that stuff. A couple cameras. Right? Yeah, there'll be a couple cameras. We're not, we're not doing this uh, Quest for the Rings It's not going to be like the Quest for the Rings. Okay. Listen, I'm not the producer you are, Boat. It's going to be Aaron style. <laughs> well, that but was a once-in-a-lifetime once thing. That's, yeah, we're, we're going to yeah. give it a shot. But it should, if everything goes okay, that should be tonight's show. It should be a lot of fun. We're going to give these things a, a kick the tires and see how they roll. Um, Boat, why don't you go ahead and speak on this? Uh, this is uh, our Ask the Amigos for this month. What do you think of this one? Well, we covered a lot of different kinds of questions, for sure. We talked about uh, games with the worst box art. You know, it's funny. We record these uh, a month in advance and then release them. So by the time that the, the show is actually released, I can't remember any of the uh any of the uh the topics that we discussed so if you want to know if you want to hear us opine on uh on uh blur or oasis was one of the questions so yeah if if that, that tickles one. your fancy and the you remember box the other art one? i remember the yeah. box art question because that was one you led oh with. actually chris folds asked one of the greatest questions of all time he said pick one of the following days out you can choose beer and snooker with jimmy white drinks yeah. and darts with jockey wilson or pie mash pint of ale and sing song in an old West End pub. Yeah. All three of those, I would gladly pick any day of my life. Yeah, and also the band we would see live. We had a time machine was one. Oh yeah, there's yep. some good stuff in there. I enjoyed this one. Uh, we got to get together for it too, so that's always a good time. So if you want to catch that, uh, it's out. It's up and uh, out on YouTube, and uh, you can download the audio as well. Um, well, we might as well touch on it, Boat. It went down this past Saturday. For I'm sure most people here probably know, it was the International Computer Club, the first meeting of uh, 2022. I believe this is the fifth overall meeting of the uh, International Computer Club. We had a uh, uh, good outfit this uh, time around, a big crowd, and we had a lot of diverse guests. Uh, we went a while this time, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown here. Edmund was there talking about the uh, RGB to HDMI on his CDTV. Anthony Jarvis with some video toaster stuff, which is really fun. I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, 48K Ram, the Atari guy, blew everyone's mind when he unleashed the power of the Amstrad, and which mm. I, I was so happy to see that. Uh, we were visited by Frank from Retro Rewind, who had some information about what he's got coming out. L. Curtis Boyle uh, gave a quick update on Nick's new game, Zero Hour, and then interviewed uh, Jay Cyril about his uh, porting Attack of the Petsky Robots to the Coco. That was interesting. Happy Coding uh, hopped in and did a, 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 a interesting deep dive on his ZX Spectrum programming prowess. I, I had to show Donkey him a couple Kong. things that he had wrong, but I mean, yeah. it, was, it was okay for an amateur. Vote stumbled around like a, like a blind man, trying to even ascertain what that was. <laughs> that was entertaining. If you want to see Boat look dumb. Chris Edwards popped in just briefly with some stuff he's coming up, got coming up from some of his upcoming episodes. Uh, and of course, our buddy Graham W. Vebke 
talked about becoming a vegetarian and then also went into some of his recent acquisitions and also some foibles, some angry uh, uh, burial of an external hard drive that that had lost support. He wasn't happy about that. And then bringing up in our main event, bringing up the rear, David Z talks about his uh, his gaming front end project and some kind of his crazy uh, tactile keyboard gimmick he's working. It was a it was a six hour monster of a show. Uh, I, we had a good time though, boat. Uh, and if we ever do another one, it will probably be geez, three or four months away, I'd say. It takes, it takes a long time. If we ever do another out. one, it'll probably be too soon. Yeah, we it'll be a while. It takes me, it takes a while to get these things all tooled up. But yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll have a good time. And we actually had a couple people that were that withdrew. So it could have been longer. And I'm hoping uh, if, if and when we do the next one, we can get them on. Uh, I know Mr. Chip was on there and Chris as well. They were they had stuff. So hopefully we can get their, uh, get their gimmick on the next one. But it was a good time. Drew very well. And we had a... Uh, a lot of fun, Boat. Um, next on the docket, our good buddy, our good pal, Mr. Sprite Castle himself, Jack Flack. And I caught some of this. This is uh, Flack playing some uh, C64. He started off the show with a little Sonic the Hedgehog. Had you seen this before the stream, Boat? This was, the, this was the first time that I saw it. And I was shocked at how slow it was, but then you, you clued me in on he was running it in PAL mode. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was running it in PAL mode because it seen, I've seen other people play it. It wasn't that slow, uh, but it looks great. It's very impressive that the C64 can, can pull it off. And then Flack, this was like basically like his Sega ports episode. Look at their version of Alter Beast, but not bad. Not uh, bad. Compared to what we played. I've heard the Amiga got back. a pretty good version of Oh, I knew that was coming up, but mm-hmm. remind me, I'm going to play some of your full, scripts. He also, you got Congo Bongo. He played a lot of the Sega stuff. It was a mixed bag. Golden Axe, as I mentioned on the stream, they should have called Quite this. Brown. They should have called this Brown Axe because <laughs> of the uh, of the palette they chose for this. But uh, it was good stuff, uh, as usual, for the Flaxter. Uh, if you haven't. Uh, subscribed and caught his new show like a dos uh brother it just debuted last week with rogue and we're gonna get a new sprite castle uh i believe coming up next week early on so that's always a good time that's jack flack catch him he broadcasts every wednesday evening boat always a good time you made it to this one boat i saw you in there yeah yeah i like to pop into flack stream i love it in there and last but certainly not least, it's the it's the main streaming king, Frodo and L. This is the second part of his uh, cartoon Looney Tunes escapades, as he is taking a double deep dive, a triple deep dive into the Looney Tunes games because there's about a zillion of them. This uh, he says here from Taz to Ro- uh, to the Roadrunner and Coyote game. I can't even imagine trying to tackle this project. Just the sheer um, amount of research into finding out where all these games are at. You know what I mean, Boat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Taz uh, it was on our list for the Atari ST show because uh, that was one of those games that only got an Atari ST 16-bit port. Oh, uh, the really? Amiga never got Taz. Yeah. So we may be playing that at some point in the future. Was that the base? Of, well, didn't Taz, did Taz have an arcade game? I can't remember. Did he have an arcade game? Or is oh, that- my boy. I, don't I know Roadrunner so. had one. Oh, yeah, Roadrunner definitely had one. I don't know if Taz did or not. That's a great question. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm insane, or maybe it was a prototype. Maybe I'm just mm-hmm. nuts. I don't know. 
Anyway, check this out. This is, you know, International Computer Club, six hours, right? Long, long stream. That's what Frodo does as a warm-up, brother. This guy <laughs> goes to work. He's streaming all the time. I'd love to give you the times he's on, but he's on, he's on every other day. And the thing is, his stuff's always different. He does trivia. He does all kinds of stuff. It's always a good time. Frodo, he's a guy who started out never streaming to become like the stream aficionado number one guy. So check out Frodo and L. Always good stuff. That's all we've got, Mr. Boat. All right. Well, Aaron, as we uh, wind down the show, we need to thank all of the fine folks that make this show possible. And we start off, of course, by congratulating all of the winners of last week's Patreon song challenge. Now, I was kind of surprised because I thought, you know, this was a full band uh, number. And uh, I thought that we would have slightly more. Well, actually, it wasn't that we didn't get very many entries, but there were some people that I thought for sure would get it that didn't get it. So last week's song was a song by New Order. Are you aware of New Order, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. They've got two uh, songs I know. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, this was a song called Regret by them. I don't uh, know ha- that one. Happy Coding ZX got it. Mitsuyama, Andy Craig, Challenged Moose, Matthew Perron, and Bernard Lucas all got the song. You ever see that crazy video they did? I think it was the song was called True Faith or something like that. And and uh, I'm sure this is New Order. And it's, it's this weird video where there's... It starts off with these two guys slapping each other. Anybody remember this one? No? Nothing? Look it up. Oh, I guess Paul Kitching also wrote in. I must have just forgotten to put his name down. So yeah, don't try Sorry to... about that, Paul. That's the last guy you want to deal with. You yeah. better take care of Paul. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this week, if you know this week's... And we're going old school. It's going. We're going acapella with this. Uh, if you know this week's Patreon song challenge, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. If you are, uh, if you know it and you're in the chat, don't write in the chat. Don't spoil the fun. Just email me. All right, here we go. Alarm RSN887, Albert Kemp. We like what we like. Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V. Wandry Leachism, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram, okay, Ram, okay, David Terrace, Jude, Carlos, Matthew, Mobius, the Phantom, Magnus, Seth, Yates, Alistair, Fiend, Christian, Russell, David, Z, George, Rosensky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Famicom, Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scar, Heavy Systems, Inc. Bondi, Frag, Lord, Bark, Bailando, Love, Hope, Hermski, Levy, Inbreeder, David, Lost, Raptor, Cabot, Boylan, Denson, Dan, Yo, Williams, Luke Hudson, Bomb the Base, Frodo, NL, Soul, Incisor, Tech, Major, Gun, Mr. Cola, Bernard, Luke, Just Jerry, Dennington, Zoglub, Reflection, Simon, Letch, 
Captain Crispy Killer Bites and Caffeine Gary have a free lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminated a 10 minute Amiga Retro Casper, Dark RMC, Tim Drew, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobar, Finn Rollenberg, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leith Kellan, Alan Kebab, Chad Cathay, Levelord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Vicky CTZ, The Slow Norris, Death on Sorgard, Mortensen, Edvin, Helen, Live from the Man Cave, Christopher Hassel, Chris Foles, Laura Joru, Graham W. Vebke, some call him Super G, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul, Bossman, Harrington, Duncan Styles, Dave from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, a THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Dami, Humberstadt, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and You know, I know the song you sang, all right? Why did you choose to sing it like you were in the Soviet Union's all-male choir from, like, 1980? I mean, it's called, it's called it, making it your own. You Listen, give it back is my, would be what I'd say to you on that. That was I, No one got that, and it was god-awful, but I, I figured it out, believe it or not. All right. So, Aaron, we also need to fi- thank the fine, fine folks that support our channel through Twitch subscriptions. Lots of people like to watch us live. You can, too. Fridays at 5, or even if you miss us, you can go back and watch the VOD after the fact. You can see all of our mistakes. It took me about 16 tries to nail the opening of our episode today. So You did it you great. Can relive there, that. You can relive that. Uh, we want to thank them all by name now, and they include Grizzilla, M. Kelly 0904, Blow Jellyfish, Butterberg, Steve Burtz, Negsol, Amy Steph, Lord Soup, 48K Ram, Edvin Helland, Retro Jerry, Real Retro Dude, O'Rom, Gary Heather, Pints and Amiga, Thurso Bard, Jason Warns, Yee Sweats, uh, uh, Da Crabs MTG, Tech Girl, Amiga Live, Still Adolescing, Retro Rewind.ca, Canadian Retro Things, Chronosnet, Uber Scuba Diver, Jigglebox, Buck Owens, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Salem OK2, Dragon Bane OZ, Qubits, Blue Train, The Amiga Show, HSEI Ken, John Marshall 3, Ewar 4077, Beach Bum 7, Twilight Zoner, Luminate 08, Demo Scene TV, Jost 80, Pixel Rageous, Scumboy, The Mr. Chip, Wide World of Retro, Frodo NL, Explorer, Texas Foosballer, Dave Velociraptor, Great Al G, Stormy 7971, and Barkbit. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on Thank Twitch. You. We appreciate it, eh? We are going to have a dramatic reveal of the next game we are playing this coming week, Aaron. Oh Bam. my gosh. Action <laughs> Wears Own Capone. Look at the sticker on there. It says it's this thing works with a light gun, but we got to look into that. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got that ZX Spectrum light gun. I bet I can interface that thing with the Amiga with no problem. 
I got one of those zapper gimmicks. Maybe I could use that. We'll have to try yeah. that out. That might be fun. We'll each use our own light gun for the wrong system to play this game. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, we don't have an Amiga light gun sitting around boat. No, no, no. So, uh, yeah, we want to thank, uh, I believe it was, Z- was it Zorglub that suggested this one? I have to go back and check the Amigos hotline. Um, oh, no, Adam Bradley. I take it back. Adam Bradley selected this. Uh, according to our chairman, Pixels of Dawn, he says, it's been on the books forever. It's finally been granted an audience by the venerated Amigos Game Selection Committee. So, I'm excited about this one, Boat. I'm not going to lie. I'm, Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We our hats off to the AGSC for uh, giving us our Winter Olympics celebration and for this uh, trip back to the 20s and 30s of a gangster America. This will be better. A lot better. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Guys, thanks as always for watching. We will see you next time. Until then. Adios. adios.